guys, a beautiful morning to you all. Today's Bible reading will be taken from Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 7. And our memory verse comes from Hebrews 6 verse 1, NLT version. Let us go on and become mature in our understanding. Let's take a few moments to ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes, open our ears, and open our hearts to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is going to be saying to us today. In Hebrews 6, Paul went on to talk about maturity in Christ. He started by saying, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely, we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. We don't need further instructions about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. But it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are kneeling Him to the cross once again and holding Him up to public shame. When the ground soaks up the rain falling, and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him and how you've shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not be spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Paul started this chapter by saying that we don't need to keep on going on and on about you know the basic and fundamental things about you know the gospel like saying that ah, repent from your evil deeds place your faith in god like we've gone past that as christians like people that you know keep on going and going to come to christ leaving coming to christ leaving he's saying that we don't need to keep on telling ourselves that ah, repent from your deeds place your faith you should have been stronger but than that also went on to say that it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who have already experienced Christ. And then you know, said they should they will go back and then you know go back to serve the devil. But I also went on to say that he doesn't believe that it is impossible for them to come back to salvation because God is not unjust. When his people were serving God, God saw all that they were doing, and he will not forget their hard work and how they have worked and how they have shown love to other believers. He went on to say that all hope is not lost. So to every believer that is here, that is listening, if you've strayed away from God, God is not unjust to forget you, to forget how you served him, to forget how you gave your life to him once. He wants to keep loving you and keep working in your life. It's not too late. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Move on and Paul spoke about God's promises that brings hope. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. 
Then Abraham waited patiently and received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hopes that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Paul said that God made a promise. And you know, God made an oath. We all know that God cannot lie. He made a promise and an oath. And these two are very, very unchangeable. So if you promised eternal life, if you promised us life after death, we should know that it still stands because he is putting his name on the line. And God's words never go back to him again. So your service to God is not in vain. Move on to Hebrews 7. Here, Paul spoke about how Melchizedek is greater than Abraham in relation to Jesus. This Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also a priest of God Most High. When Abraham was returning home from winning a great battle against kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of justice and king of Salem means king of peace. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning and no end to his life. He remains a priest forever resembling the Son of God. Consider then how great this Melchizedek was. Even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle. Now, the law of Moses required that the priests who are descendants of Levi must collect a tithe from the rest of the people of Israel who are also descendants of Abraham. But Melchizedek, who was not a descendant of Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham and Melchizedek placed the blessing upon Abraham, the one who already received the promises of God. And without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. The priests who collect tithes are men who die. So Melchizedek is greater than they are because we are told that he lives on. In addition, we might even say that these Levites, the ones who collected the tithes, paid a tithe to Melchizedek when their ancestors, Abraham, paid a tithe to him. But although Levi was not born yet, the seed from which he came in was in Abraham's body when Melchizedek collected the tithe from him. So if the priesthood of Levi, on which the law was based, could have achieved the perfection of God intended, why did God need to establish a different priesthood with a priest in the order of Melchizedek instead of in the order of Levi and Aaron? And if the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. But the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priests. What I mean is, our Lord came from the tribe of Judah and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. As we all know, in the Old Testament, the Levites are the priests of God. They were the ones that God chose when he picked Aaron. So, this chapter is basically telling us 
why Jesus did not come from the tribe of Levi but came from the tribe of Judah why Melchizedek was such a great priest of God and why Jesus has to be the high priest we move on and Paul tells us how Jesus is like Melchizedek this change has been made very clear since the different priest who is like Melchizedek has appeared Jesus became a priest not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed and the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. But the law never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. This new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath. But there was an oath regarding Jesus. But God said to him, The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. There were many priests under the oath system, but death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives on forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He is the kind of priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. These people, they did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for people's sin. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weaknesses. But after the law was given, God appointed a son with an oath and his son has been made their perfect high priest forever. Reading this chapter makes me realize why there is a high requirement and high standard for church leaders. Because even our high priest is perfect. He was sinless and blameless. This is why we should appoint church leaders that have all those qualities as Paul was talking about in the previous chapters. And this is how we ended this Bible study. I hope you guys have a great day filled with invite the Holy Spirit into your daily activities. I love you and Jesus loves you even more.